Jacob, Jacob, Joe and Jacob. Agile monkeys play. Jacob, Jacob, Joe and Jacob. Agile, unpredictable Jacob. Welcome everyone to another episode of Jacob. My name is Joe. My name is Jacob. And we're here to host you on adventure across the world, unless you are in Nigeria, but we're going to Nigeria uh, to meet our friend, Abby Asoba. Hi, Abby. Hi, Joseph. Hi. Hi. Um, hi, hi. Uh, so Abby, Abby is um, from and, is, and lives in Nigeria right now. And she's an agile coach, also a CEO and then a founder of, of many community and, and, um, and businesses in Nigeria. She also lived for close to 20 years in Canada and she's been in Nigeria since 2017. And we would love to learn more about your journey and your adventures, mm, Definitely, Abby. Thank you guys. I'm so happy to be here. I'm happy to tell my story and uh, talk about all those things. Nice. Let's start off with, with the weather in Nigeria, maybe. Tell us, tell us what's the weather now in end of November? It's uh, what you call the Hamatan season. It's very dry, but it could be very humid at the same time, really, really hot. Uh, now we're in the 30 something degrees wow, temperature wow. up until, yeah, this will go up to up till March thereabout. And then we'll go and get into the rainy season when it's very um, gray and you know wet and mm. more humid as well. And then the weather will be cooler in April to September. So it's kind okay. of like the season. Oh, so I can I can only imagine how different must must have been being li living in Canada and comparing <laughs> it to Nigeria. Canada doesn't have yes. the same weather. Yes. <laughs> oh, definitely not extreme extreme and you can imagine as a woman uh, being in Canada most of my clothes will be winter clothes spring yes. clothes yeah. and, and and fall clothes and then we have three months of summer and then I'm here in Nigeria and it's summer all day <laughs> so you can imagine a wardrobe change yes <laughs> my goodness yes <laughs> all right so um one of the, the things that we are really interested in about is, is um, how is it to be an agile coach in Nigeria? Yeah, what's it like? Yes, being an agile coach in Nigeria, um, no one has actually specifically asked that question. And so I'm happy to be having this conversation with both of you today. And um, it's very much, it's very different uh, being an agile coach, uh, when I was an agile coach in Canada, I also worked as an agile coach in the U S and so I actually have, uh, three comparison, but, uh, oh, wow. Canada, okay. Canada and the U S are very similar, uh, which regards to the requirements when, you know, you're, you're hiring an agile coach. Um, however, in, in Nigeria, I've had many, many experiences working with different organizations. Uh, the first one is most of the organizations uh, want an agile coach, a single person to be responsible for agile adoption and transformation within their enterprise. So how and, many people are we talking about here? So you're one person, one coach for how many people? 
Sometimes uh, the, this size is 50, 100, 500, and even more. Wow. And so what I start to do is start to educate them, to help them understand that, yes, you're on the right path by bringing me on board or wanting to bring me on board. However, this is not something that one person embarks on. It's not a journey that I embark on myself, even if you were to provide people to, to, to support the, the, the activities uh, inside your organization. I have to work with my team. I have to work with their team. I have to bring different experts uh, on different areas because as you can imagine what agile adoption and transformation is, there's so many cores to it. And so I have people uh, that I work with locally and also internationally who, uh, who are ready to assist me anytime I have such engagement. So sometimes I win and sometimes it's very difficult. Mm. I remember a very, um, a very large, um, uh, if I mentioned the domain area, I'm sure most people would know this organization. So it's a very large telecommunication company in Africa mm. and was hired as an agile coach. And, um, I kind of knew that I would struggle in this role, um, mainly because they had um, had two or three other Agile coaches before me and had made several attempts to become Agile. And, and so again, here I was trying to let them know that I can't do this role by myself. I need to bring people on board. And it was, uh, it was difficult. And so the, the way I was able to maneuver this one was basically for me to bring people from my team to assist me on the, on the role. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I had to pay them for my pay. Oh, wow. So that, yeah, that was the only way I could work around it. So wow. I brought <laughs> people to assist me and uh, it was very tough. Um, I, I, already, I started the initial engagement and uh, they were happy with my work and they extended my, my contract. And then um, the, the end of the story basically was that um, we carved out a scope of work and, and to ensure that you really wanted an agile coach who would be responsible for coaching since your organization claims to be doing some form of agile. So, I would be responsible for improvements in different areas, coach and handholding and certain things. Mm. The, the scope kept changing so many times. And the last of it was, there was this list of about eight items and I had to help the teams learn Jira. They had a Jira vendor who was charging millions of Naira in the company, but I was responsible for making sure that the team was using Jira. I was responsible for pretty much everything like um, uh, continuous improvement, continuous development, which I have experience in. And mm -hmm. that's kind of my, um, the problem I have. I'm very, uh, my knowledge is very broad. You know, my background was very uh, intense and very deep. So I am somebody who knows everything about development and I do not code. That's just the only thing I don't do. So when it mm -hmm. comes to front end, <laughs> when it comes to middleware, when it comes to development, when it comes to application support, like configuration, production management, everything, I am there. So I'm business and I'm technology. 
And so when I speak, people are very happy that I'm very well-rounded. I have this holistic view. And so I can do the job. So getting a job here in Nigeria has been easy. However, uh, doing the job is the main challenge. And so um, I get this scope creep again, and it's me single-handedly doing a, a whole agile transformation for this organization. And guess wow. what I I quit. <laughs> I, I, I always say never, 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 never quit. But you know what? I started to think about my name. I started to think about my career. And I started to think of um, my relationships. And everywhere I have worked in Nigeria, I have very good relationships with leadership, the CEOs and all of that. And I wanted a situation. I, I already knew I couldn't get that from here, no matter what I did. And so mm. I, I decided to just cut it off sooner rather than later. So yeah, that's one <laughs> bad, very bad experience. However, um, most of the time uh, when I'm in, uh, when people engage me, when organizations engage me uh, as an agile coach, I end up being the um, uh, enterprise transformation coach, enterprise transformation lead. Mm. So end up uh, in, in, in Canada, what I used to do normally would be, you know, to be hired as an agile coach specific to maybe working with some executives or teams, certain number of teams, or working in a center of excellence whereby you're um, implementing or facilitating agile across different lines of businesses uh, or different units, right? And so those were very easy, right? So you're a contractor or a full-time employee and your job was cut out for you. Well, in Nigeria, it's not that way. Um, all of my engagement, I've had to be the one strategizing the whole of the transformation and adoption for Agile within an enterprise. And so it's way different, right? And so when I'm having conversations with my counterparts who are back in Canada or outside of Nigeria, we're not on the same level or the same page with conversations anymore because I am doing the whole enterprise transformation and, and it's not just one piece of an organization anymore. And so my, my career has sort of evolved, you know, right in front of me. And so, and, and, and so people still ask, are you an agile coach? Yes, I am an agile coach, but then <laughs> I wear many hats. I, I have to sit down with CIOs and CEOs and strategize their organization. I have to restructure it. I have to do everything that you would do with regards to enterprise adoption and transformation. The good thing about that is I always get to do it with my team. And um, I've been so lucky to have uh, great team members, you know, supporting. And I, as I said before, I have support from people locally who are always ready to assist and jump on certain types of uh, engagements. And also people who are, who are not based here in Nigeria, but uh, are based outside of Nigeria and have certain skills. So my network flows that way. And so uh, in an engagement, I could have those people who are not based uh, in Nigeria. I could either invite them to do specific work doing an engagement for me, or um, they could be part of uh, the entire engagement remotely, you know, providing their own expertise. That's really interesting. Gosh, so it sounds like um, mainly just because of the need you got sort of pulled into the enter enterprise space. 
Like, like you, you weren't necessarily aiming for it, but it's just sort of where, you know, the next problem took you until there you are in this thing going, well, fine, actually, because I have a wide, I've been exposed to so much. Um, I know that these things need to connect somewhere. I, I may not know the answer to how to connect each part, but I know that there needs to be a connection. And I also have this great network of people that I can pull in to help me make these connections for you if that's actually what you want to do. That's amazing. Yes, it is. And, and my last role in Canada was actually enterprise agile coach at one of the top banks, the five top banks, and I was one. But it's not the same. Like, I'm not... I'm not the one um, restructuring the organization. I'm not the one changing the organization culture. I'm not the one speaking at the, at the town hall meeting and saying, this is the direction for the organization, right? right? I'm just uh, the messenger, you know, uh, leading a team of uh, other coaches and scrum masters and helping the organization move in the strategic direction that has been assigned. Well, here it's the other way around. I'm actually the driver, like the engagement driver wow. <laughs> and I'm telling the organization, okay, you want to do it this way. So I get into HR restructuring. I get into compensation, you know, how to not compensate people doing agile. I get into um, 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 working with the teams. I get into working with the, uh, the executives. I get into um, pretty much everything, like the processes, and, and, and the, the, the structuring of the entire work and ensuring that there's an infusion of agile culture within that organization. So everything, the whole nine yards. So um, I, when, when I go into an organization for the first time and uh, you know, you're always like getting a feel and, and you're like, how far down this path are they? And there are things that you look for and it's not necessarily even their agile practices. It's really just sort of, you look at how people respond to the word agile. You look at, um, you know, if uh, you look at how people talk about their work, you look at people how they talk about their roles. Like some of the some of the phrases that I, I listen for are like if people use the word day job, I'm like, okay, you're quite early on. That means that like you feel like you have two jobs that you're doing and and you're trying to do two at once and one's more important than the other, maybe not. And so that means if you're a product owner as a day job, you, but you have a day job, you might not be there enough to actually really help the team. Is kind of you know. You, make these assumptions and test them out another one is um i remember getting told a lot um tell us what looks good you're here to 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 show us what looks good and i'm like okay maybe i need to explain to you what a coach is a little bit but that's that's all right yeah let's just go there i can show you something it might not look good but i can show you something what are the phrases that you hear in in nigeria that sort of like tell you something about maybe where they are on their journey um so first of all they, um, most of these organizations, they, they haven't started a, the Agile journey, right? So that's why I have a job here most of the time. Right. And very, most organizations are very new. And then the second thing you begin to see is maybe a department, most likely product development or IT has started to do some form of Agile. So with those units, you hear things like, yeah, we're doing Agile. Um, yeah, we're doing Scrum. Uh, we spend an hour doing our daily stand-up. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that, that must be like a really solid daily stand-up then. A lot of decisions. Yeah, we spend an hour. I we spend it. an hour. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes two. Um, we 
we always uh, so what spring cadence do you use mm, sometimes two weeks sometimes one month it all depends and <laughs> but see it, it all depends is a very good coaching answer so that i can i can respect that <laughs> yeah things like i wasn't carried along i didn't wasn't even know carried it along okay oh, yeah i wasn't like. carried along okay. you hear things like i love to multitask Ooh. i love multitasking oh. yeah that's fantastic yeah. <laughs> I think we haven't asked how is uh, Agile in Nigeria? Yes, how is Agile in Nigeria? So I, I because of the, the, the other role I play, I, I have, I get insight into what's really happening locally. Oh. And I, I always say this, even at the last press conference, last uh, uh, Earlier this year in February, I said it publicly and I said that I challenge any organization. There is no organization that is agile because that's the, uh, the phrase, like an organization would say, oh, we are agile. What, how? Like, it's only like your department, there are only about seven of you there who are practicing agile. That doesn't make the entire organization agile. So- Unless so you the, named the, the organization agile and then maybe you could get <laughs> Exactly. That's Agile, right. LLC. So, <laughs> so I always challenge them and people don't like that to say that the fact that two units departments are practicing well, supposedly practicing Agile doesn't in any way, shape or form make your organization Agile. It takes a whole lot of things to happen before you can say, oh, this organization has begun its Agile journey or it's practicing Agile and all of those stories. And so um, a lot of organized, so no organization is agile in Nigeria. Um, a lot of organizations have started to have the conversations and, right. um, and some organizations um, whom their CEOs or CIOs or all of these people have gone out to conferences and spoken to their counterparts I've heard about the buzzword and say, hey, we need to be doing agile. It's going to make us faster. It's going to make everything quicker and better. And so, hey, you need to go do some training. You there, you need to go do some training and you need to come back and you need to change your department and make sure. And so somebody who is a project manager is sent on training or he is uh, influenced by his peers outside of work. And he knows that, wow, this thing is really cool. It's going to make things easier. So he goes on his own to try to get some Agile certifications. And after a two-day class, changes his title on LinkedIn or her title on LinkedIn to Scrum Master, depending on how many certifications he or she has, could be three. And then they're like, hmm, I'm an Agile coach. And then changes that and goes into the organization and say, I'm an agile coach. So you're a PM and or you're a product manager. And then you go into the organization and say, it's, yeah, I have agile experience. I have agile knowledge. And then you begin to, um, you know, head cuts. Like you begin to really make things that were seemingly okay. You begin to make it worse. And <laughs> some of the things is that uh, the organization could be trying to save money. Mm. And uh, I see things like, People telling me, oh, I'm the scrum master, I'm the product manager, I'm the project manager, like <laughs> I'm all the things. I'm everything. I'm the Swiss army knife of delivery. 
<laughs> yeah, I've heard I've heard one CEO say, "Oh, I only hire first class, uh, first class graduates. They're really smart." And so these things, they pick it up by themselves on Google. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and so there's a we lot just need of people who study we don't need experience <laughs> and so there's please, a please tell me they don't build planes whoever the, whoever's saying <laughs> don't build planes no they don't <laughs> okay good, good, good. <laughs> and, and so a, a whole lot of people that are in different organizations now who have had one certification or the other mm. is playing this role and and the the key difference is um, having knowledge about something, reading about something, or being told about something is very different from having the experience. And so when you fall into different challenges or constraints or issues, how do you cope with it? How do you go around it? And, and how are you so sure that you have that knowledge to not make it worse and more expensive? And so that is where a lot of organizations are struggling right now. And uh, a few of them who do reach out to us, I, I find that sometimes they don't have any agile knowledge person at all in the organization. Maybe one or two who have, you know, pushed themselves out there. Uh, but then uh, the worst ones are when they say, they, oh, they, we do, we do, we're doing agile. We're doing agile. We have a whole lot of people who are certified here. They've gotten their certification. And, and so when you now tell them, this is what I'm going to do and this is the cost, they're like, hmm, we don't need you to do all of that. We have people who do. <laughs> and so that is where um, a lot of back and forth happens. And then from my experience, I have my ways of helping you see. So I don't talk too much. I just help you see. And so once you see that what you're holding on to is nothing, then it's very easy for you to change your mind and, and begin to listen to me. And so those uh, ways, uh, that approach, that strategy has really, really worked for me because uh, over here, like I told you, the system, the mindset, the environment is very different. So I know how to communicate to leadership, to senior management. I know the things they want to hear and I know what they don't want to hear. That's don't true. get me wrong. I didn't, I didn't know this day one. <laughs> I didn't know this day one. That's so I've learned, yeah. the, the, I've learned the hard way. So yeah, there's almost like, you know, everyone, we're all doing business. So we all want to be agile. Um, but, but, but within there, these microcosms, if, if I was an agile coach in Canada and I'm like, tickets been paid, I've got a place I'm staying, I'm moving to Nigeria. I'm going to be an agile coach in Nigeria. I'm going to make it, I hear everyone's going agile there. I'm on my way. <laughs> Knowing what you know about what I'd be leaving in Canada, what are like two or three things that I would have to mentally prepare myself for working in an organization that says it wants to be agile that I would have to think about differently or investigate differently. I'm very sad to say what I'm about to say to respond to you, Joseph. But if you, Joseph, got on the plane, got a job as an agile coach mm -hmm. in Nigeria, you would have a different experience from me. Uh, because of um, my, my, my family origins, <laughs> yeah, let's, let's put it that way. <laughs> um, yeah, because of my accent, because of where people would perceive I've come from. Um, yeah, and also the color of your skin and everything. Skin. So, yeah, they would just feel that hmm, Joseph would know this thing more than Abby. Ooh, okay. Yeah, 
they will feel that Joseph is really smart. He's really intelligent. So we're going to listen to everything Joseph says. Okay, so let's pretend I am yeah. um, a uh, from Canada or America, and I'm a woman, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I have uh, I'm, I've got dark skin. I could be Indian. I could be uh, okay. I could be African by origin. I could okay. be Jamaican. Okay. I could be yeah. I could be Latin. from Latin. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and, and let's say I come in. So I've got similar physical characteristics, mm-hmm. but I'm used to a very different culture. So. Um, mm-hmm. Would I have to communicate to leaders in a different way if I, to accomplish the same thing? Would I have to represent myself in a different way? Well, you wouldn't have to, but you would have certain challenges because mm. uh, so I uh, there's a friend of mine who is Nigerian who had left Nigeria for so many years. And so she's lost her Nigerian accent and speaks in a different way. And uh, depending on the type of leaders in an organization that you're faced with, if they're if, if they're very open-minded, well well ex, well traveled and well well exposed, uh, their mindset and all of that would well might change, and so they would really try to understand you. But uh, there are some who are very very local, right? They're doing very well as businessmen or women, and so. They would, the first thing is they don't understand your accent. They can't hear you very well. So you're not going to be able to communicate well with them. Gotcha. Yeah. And, and the second thing is that um, you, you, you wouldn't have to present yourself in a certain way, but there are there's so many things working against you the moment you open your mouth, right? They're going to be like, ah, just do what you have to do and go because you're never, you never, you, 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 you don't understand us. You don't live here. You, so they're just going to, uh, do everything like mount worship you for that period. You're going to feel like, oh my God, this is successful, <laughs> and then, and then everything is just going to be the way it is, right? And uh, for me, uh, being a Nigerian, being out of Nigeria and coming back, mm. I struggled my first year, going mm. all my second year because people knew that. Oh, Abby was in Canada for almost 20 years and she just came back. No, she doesn't know how we do things here. No, she doesn't have, she, she can't tell us what to do. She can't tell us anything. So I was very much rejected. I would be having trainings and people would be challenging me saying that, no, 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 you don't understand. What you're saying won't work here. Things don't work that way. And so I, I had to change that very quickly because the early days, I, I had to train a, a, a bank, the employees in the bank on Agile, and close to about 300 employees. And you know, there were good days and there were bad days. It, it was really, really hard. And, and so there's so many things about it. It all depends on your audience. So if, if yeah. depending on the audience you have, the, when I say your audience, the leadership that you're communicating to, you know, uh, it, it might be easy because, I mean, there are lots of... Um, uh, experts, expatriates who come into Nigeria doing all kinds of work. I mean, Accenture is here, McKinsey is here. Uh, they're all doing some form of agile for different organizations. I mean, there all those things exist here. Don't get me wrong. And 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 the thing is, I've been in organizations where maybe Accenture or uh, McKinsey had done some agile work. I know what happened and the type of work that happened, and I know the type of work that I do because really it's perception and it's a mindset, right? And so um, people already know, okay, uh, we're paid millions of dollars. 
to this organization to come do this. We better listen. I don't want to get fired. And people just do those things to make it look like, okay, we are following our organization's requests, but the impact that, 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 that should really happen, the change that should really happen, the transformation that should really happen to the people individually when an agile transformation happens, when you do an assessment, you can't really find it because the, 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 the telecommunication company I spoke about, I, I had to do an uh, assessment at first and I couldn't really find anything. Mm. I couldn't find an agile mindset being, being implemented in that environment. That these are interesting stories. Thank you. Um, but I would like to maybe change the topic slightly. And knowing that you are at the same time a CEO and a founder, a founder of, of of a company, and at the same time you you have founded many different communities and, and conferences and kind of different groups in Nigeria. Um, myself, I, I I kind of do something similar here in Auckland, and I found the tension between those two pretty hard to handle. And I wonder, do you have the same? How does it look for you? Yes, so uh, I, I first of all launched my private company, the Agile Advisor Africa in Nigeria, uh, early part of 2017. And later on that year, uh, I, with a group of people, uh, we set up the Agile Practitioners Association of Nigeria, which is the nonprofit, which is the community organization. And um, I'm the leader there and I'm also the leader in my organization and um, any action, any move, any event or anything I do, people just, um, you know, I would actually say this, my good friend, Evan Laban, who is the founder of uh, Business Agility Institute, he was in Nigeria in March, he attended the conference and he's seeing some of the challenges that I'm going through and he had a conversation with me and he said, Abby, you're wearing two hats and not many people will accept that. And not many people will be able to see, you know, some people, regardless of what you do or say, will only see the community leader, Abby. And some people, regardless of what you do or say, would only see the commercial leader, Abby. Mm. <laughs> so um, I accepted that as my faith and I don't let that bother me. I just focus and do what I do. Working as a community leader, we make a lot of things pretty much um, almost free, like majority of the stuff are free. For example, we, 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 we've been having online meetups since April, every Thursday. This is all free, where people would learn one thing or the other, mm -hmm. right? So for the community, for, for its growth, for people to share their experiences and stories, that's free. We run workshops that are free. We have partners with different organizations locally, making sure that there's awareness and people uh, embracing these things because I do know that if we strengthen the ground, right, some of the issues that I would have as a commercial leader, my organization going to work somewhere, because some of these people are part of the community. So if we're helping them some way, shape, or form outside of their organization, right, it would at the end of the day make my job easy. I'm not trying to tie the two together, but that's the vision whereby we have foot soldiers on ground who are very knowledgeable, who have the experience, right? And, and so that's the goal as a, as a community leader. But then at the end of the day, um, every commercial, every business owner should benefit and will benefit as a result of the community work we're doing. 
And so I shouldn't, I shouldn't have to not to, I shouldn't have to make a decision not to participate in that. It's just unfair, Yakub. I'm sure you understand that. So if we're if we're building a strong foundation for people to follow or to people to stand on, right? We should all be benefactors, including me. <laughs> Yes, not at the not necessarily at the expense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, some of the the arguments I heard a couple of times was, um, you know, all the all the stuff I do for free for the community, and some people are telling me that is it, it's not really altruistic if if I at any stage would like to use it for even promotion of my commercial stuff, like you know they they say that I've been doing it for for three or four years waiting for a situation that after four years I can send a link to a, on a Slack channel and promoting my commercial offering. And now I'm getting arguments that no, you shouldn't be doing it because you should be doing everything for free. Um, and you know, it's a big struggle for me just to mm -hmm. deal with this because I want to be authentic and I want to be myself and it's just hard. Yeah, there's lots of layers going on. Yeah. You have yeah, yeah. the the organization itself, the, the non-for-profit organization, then you have mm. the community that that yeah. organization serves. And those people are your community and they rep, you know, they probably do want to know if you have an offering. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah. That's, that's really, that's mm, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. And, you know, considering the mindset of people, my people, it's even worse. I can imagine the mindsets of your people, Yakub. But I'm telling you, this is no no easy way. And so, anytime I come out publicly to announce something, some people are raising their brows. What's in it for you? What's in it for you? <laughs> we could invert the conversation as well. Is mm. would you want to be a part of a community of like-minded, talented people, and not mm. have access to them? <laughs> Do you know? Like, so, like, if I were if I were in if I um, is let's say I was in a group of writers and we mm. did like a writing meetup and someone publishes a book and I had to find out not in the meeting that I sit next to this person every day where I could ask them quite I could read it and ask them questions and I have like the, yeah I have this inside free access to this person who I, I might even admire their work uh, no I have to find out about it afterwards and then I have to pull them aside secretly it just seems a bit yeah it seems a bit funny it, but it also is you know there is the opportunity for abuse as well. So you want to protect against that. So I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but That's at right. the same time, you know, there are trainings that you pay thousands of dollars just to go for a today training, right? And mm. at the same time, some people are just offering stuff for free all the time. Mm. And it's almost like there is no this middle ground. Abby, why, yes. why do you, um, w the win-win for you, like how would you define the win-win for community um, engagement like what what's in it for like why should other people with businesses also engage in their community like what would be a reason to because there like there is tension well, of risk yes so what's what's the win why do you do it so what I do and uh, what I said to do which is what I've been doing and saying for even from day one is um, so I reach out to the community so I reach out to the experts right who need to feed content and stuff into the community to say here, uh, give back, but then you're not going to end up giving back all the time, right? Once the community trusts you and they're happy with what you're giving, you can commercialize it and trust me, you will pay. 
And so I always constantly invite people locally and outside of the community of Nigeria. So I'm always doing that. I'm always having partnerships and collaborations. And, 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 and this is the way to go. I, I was talking to a friend the other day, and he has this fantastic business agility um, workshop for startups. And he said, hmm. uh, it, it's a class. But you know what, Abby, I'm going to give it to your community for free for a few hours. And once, if they're happy with it, then we would sell it. I'm sure I said, yeah. So we have those type of strategy, hmm. right? Because at the end of the day, um, that's what it really comes to because and so it's not just me promoting my brand. I'm always pulling different people with their brands, either your local or your international, whatever it is you have to offer. So, for example, the, the Agile Nigeria meetup that we ran, uh, we've been running every Thursday. We have different people. I have this um, uh, remote team from uh, Australia, uh, Tony, and uh, I forget the other person's name. They had they run a session and they were able to advertise their, their services and, and, and they have this framework, remote framework that they had built. And, you know, so they were able to sell it to the community. And if any individual organization wants to go for it, you know, so that's kind of like the platform. So if, if, if I can do that for, for hundreds of people and organizations, then um, I should be able to do that for myself as well. Nice one. So I think that brings us to the end of this interview. I could talk to you for hours more, <laughs> um, but we try to make this about the roughly the distance to get from your house to work on a bus ride. And so that's, <laughs> I think that's where we're at. Hopefully, if you're listening to this, you just got to work or you just got home. Abby, thank you so much for spending time with us and letting us know um, what it's like to work in Nigeria. It sounds um, challenging, exciting. Jakob, do you have any thoughts? Well, I, I think all of it, it was really interesting just to get to know Nigeria. Like, you know, I, I know almost nothing about Nigeria. So now I listen, I know one person who lives there right now and I feel like we have connection of different challenges, maybe, you know, shown in a different way, but yeah, I think that we share some of the, the experiences together. Thank you, Abby. Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. But you should visit. I would still push that. Uh, the food, the scenery, the people when they're not working. Oh, my God. <laughs> 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 the best music. They're the best people ever in the world. They're the happiest people in the world. The entertainment, the the everything. It's, it's really, really nice. And those are the things, apart from the work challenges and business challenges, those are the things that really keep me grounded here. And I love it here. Perfect. No regrets. Well, I'm sold. Thank you so much, Abby. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Enjoy the rest All of right. your day. And goodbye. I will. You guys too. Bye.